coming with a heart of worship. I'm bringing in a brand new song. I'm ready to see the unthinkable. I'm ready for a miracle. Hearts praying for a fresh encounter. Souls looking to the living God. I'm ready for real revival. Oh, Holy Spirit. of a new beginning. God, we know you have so much more. We're looking for a new horizon. We're praying for your rain to pour. An overflowing of true redemption. An overflowing of your kingdom. We're ready for a real revival. Oh, Holy Spirit, Good morning. 
Concerning the Holy Spirit, Jesus talking to his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. A few chapters previous to that, Jesus is coming to see Lazarus, who's been dead in the tomb for four days. And Mary Martha runs out and she says, If you had been here, Jesus, my brother would not have died. So Jesus had limitations on where he could go and where he could be while he was here. But now that he's gone back with the Father, now he can have no limitations and he can intervene in our lives all times at all places through the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And so it's awesome that we serve a God who can literally be anywhere at any time, at any place, in any situation because he can live in us through the Holy Spirit. So we're thankful this morning to come this morning and worship here uh, because of the Holy Spirit who's here with us right now, right this very moment. Um, Welcome to East Taylorsville. If you're new or if you're visiting with us outside these doors, uh, you can grab uh, a welcome bag from our welcome table out there. It just has some info about our church and about our church staff and ways that you can uh, connect with the church and the ways that we can maybe reach out to you uh, and connect with you as well. And uh, but just better, better ways that we can maybe serve you and your family going um, forward. Um, there's one change to the bulletin I'll make note of. It is, you guys ever been to a, a drive-in movie? Anybody? Drive-in? Yeah, okay, so instead of doing that, we wanted to do a dive-in movie, so we're going to have floats in the pool and watch a movie uh, one night at the house. It was scheduled for next Sunday night. Uh, we're going to move that to this Friday night. So this Friday night at the senior 6th through 12th grade, uh, that's the change to the, the, the schedule, but we're going to have a dive-in movie. Don't know what the movie's going to be yet, but we're going to float in the pool and watch a movie and eat some popcorn together. So kind of our last little hangout, but we're going to have a dive-in movie. So um, <clears throat> that's the only thing I have as far as announcements and changes to the schedule. Uh, if you will, stand up this morning, turn to your neighbor, tell them hello. If it's awkward, just embrace it. be seated. If you'll notice up here these flowers, I want to read this. It's in your bulletin. The flowers are placed at the altar today in honor of Zane and Julita Murdoch for 50 years. Let's give them a hand clap. Congrats. All the angels in heaven are saying they made it. God bless Zane's heart. So uh, they're placed by Bradley, Eric, Lakin, and their family. So happy anniversary, guys. We love y'all very much. And if you'll direct your attention to the screen, or not to the screen, but to the stage, I'm going to ask Derek and Tiffany Getz to come up and their beautiful little baby, Victoria. Guys, just come right here. You want to show everybody your beautiful little girl? Isn't she precious? What a beautiful little baby. Uh, the verse that I thought about for you guys is this. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So I don't know how many times, uh, try not to get emotional, <laughs> Tiffany and Derek would come to this uh, altar during prayer time to pray for this little girl. Uh, she, their names are in our bulletin. Um, the whole community prayed for her. So this is a little miracle baby right here. Aren't you thankful that God answers prayers? What a blessing that is. 
Uh, I remember Tiffany and Derek and I talking about it, and her, especially I remember Tiffany saying, I'm just going to trust the Lord. And we're just so thankful today. And today you come to dedicate this, this little beautiful girl to the Lord. And it's like Hannah said with Sammy, I'm just going to give him back to you. So that's what we're doing today. In presenting Victoria to the Lord, do you promise through God's grace and the help of the church to teach your child the truths of the Christian faith? Do you also promise through prayer, word, and example to bring Victoria up in the nurture, discipline, and instruction of the Lord? If so, would you respond by saying we do? All right, church. Uh, I say this all the time, it takes a church to raise a child, and many of you will have her as she grows um, in this church, grows up and, and ages. Uh, maybe one of you will share Jesus with her and, and be able to lead her to the Lord. We don't know. But we make a, a commitment today as well. And I'm going to ask you a question, and it's the desire of your heart. Would you respond by saying we do? And do you promise to provide spiritual instruction for Victoria by giving of your time, talent, and resources? to help her come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? And do you promise to pray for Derek and Tiffany as they seek to raise Victoria in the fear and admonition of the Lord? If so, would you respond by saying we do? We do. All right, we've all made promises today. And we have a certificate that uh, describes this day. We have several things to give you. We have the Lamb's Book. This is one of the best books. Uh, it's not just for children, but it's for adults as well. That explains the gospel and why Jesus had to die in our place. Um, so you have that. You have a Bible, and this is her Bible. We have a kids' ministry T-shirt that she can have. And this is a letter that I have written to Victoria. Only she can open it. And she opens this the day that the Lord saves her. Uh, and it talks about this day and how Derek and Tiffany uh, brought her before you that you prayed for and we prayed for. And we made a commitment as, as a church family, and they made a commitment as a mom and dad to pray for this moment. And today, the prayer we're praying doesn't save her. We're praying for her to be saved. Amen. So let's pray together. Father, as we come to you in prayer, Lord, I want to thank you so much for Derek and Tiffany. Lord, I love them dearly. Lord, I consider them good friends of mine. I'm honored to be their pastor. And Lord, this little baby is an answer to prayer. And Lord, I just want to thank you for their faithfulness, not to give up, to love you. Um, Lord, we thank you for her health. And Lord, now we pray for her salvation. Lord, I pray that you would save her at an early age. And Father, use her for your honor and your glory. I pray that the, king, the kingdom of God would be expanded and Jesus' name would be exalted because of this little life. And Lord, we want to thank you, Lord. And we love you. Thank you for loving us so much that, um, that Lord, you answered this prayer. And Lord, we give you the honor and the praise and the glory for the things that you alone can do. And we love you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people said, amen. Thank you. Let's give the Lord a hand clap praise. Thank you, guys. I love y'all. Worship with us this morning.
Man, thank you. As we come to this time of prayer, uh, I, I know I mentioned Derek and Tiffany's situation. And one of the things that was such a blessing about their situation is so many people would pray with them and for them. And they everybody just kept trusting, didn't we? We just kept trusting God. If the answer is yes or no, we're still going to trust you. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is you coming to, before the Lord and your sacrifices, giving God your situation, whatever that is, and you say, God, I trust you with it. I leave it here. I trust you with it. Okay? So that's what these times are about. Is, 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 and you also helping other people trust in their situation as well. So as the choir leads us in this time of praise, will you meet me here at the altar and let's, let's lift the Lord up in prayer this morning. Thank you. Lord, I come to you in prayer, Lord, we want to thank you that you hear us. Father, we want to thank you that we're just not saying just verbal things, but Lord, the God of heaven hears us. And Father, there are many here today at this altar and they're just trusting you with their situation. Father, we pray for the good to come out of it. Father, we pray that you'd heal. Father, we pray that you'd bless. We pray that, Father, many times I prayed during this time for for lost loved ones. But Lord, through all these things, we just give these prayer requests to you as a sacrifice of praise. Lord, knowing that your will is best. Father, I personally want to thank you for, for so many prayers that have been answered during this time. Lord, we just saw just a, a, a visible demonstration of that this morning. We thank you, Lord. We should never take these times for granted. And Father, just as, as Derek and Tiffany place their faith in you, and your decisions, we do that now. And Father, we want to thank you for allowing us to be together as a church family, to not just pray, but to pray for others. And Father, I pray that we'd never take these special moments for granted. And we'll thank you and praise you in advance for what you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much.
Amen. Thank you, choir. Uh, as they're going down, if you'll turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. Thank you, Justin. 1 Peter chapter 2. And if you'll stand with me, we're going to read verses 21 through 25, and we're going to look at verse 25. So if you will stand with me as, as they're still making their way to their seats. I uh, just want to mention that next week we'll uh, worship together and celebrate the Lord's Supper uh, in this building, and I'll be preaching a message on that. And then on the, the last Sunday of the month, we'll be in the sanctuary. And we'll have a baptism, and if you're here today and you need to be baptized, please contact the church office so that we can uh, set that up for you. We'll also vote on our nominate committee report, our budget, and deacons, okay? And those deacon names will be in the, the bulletin this week. If you have any questions about the budget, you can talk to myself or Kevin or uh, Chris Russell is the chairman of deacons, so um, please talk to one of us. And then the following week, we're going to talk about church membership. How do you join the church? Every now and then, I'll do that sermon on a Sunday morning, and that way, if you want to join the church, that you're free to join the church after that. So those next three Sundays, and then I'll start back in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, following that. So turn, turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2 and look at verse 21. Peter says this, For, for to this you were called... Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But committed himself to him who judges righteously. And that word committed means he just trusted the Lord with everything. Who himself bore our sins. We talked about that last week, that Jesus Christ is our great sin bearer. He died in our place, in his own body on the tree. That we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. And what that means is, without Christ and without his forgiveness, you cannot die to sins and live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. And last week we looked at, that's not talking about physical healing or we'd all be healed right now. It's not. It's talking about spiritual healing, which is the most important thing that we all need is to be saved. And then verse 25, he says, For you were like sheep going astray. But now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So he says here, we are like sheep. And then you see the word returned and then see the word shepherd. Those are the three points this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we submit to it. Father, I pray that through the Holy Spirit that you will guide us into all truth. And Father, there again, if anyone today has never placed their faith and trust in you, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. And we'll thank you for what you do for us, and we love you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, and all of God's people said together, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The first thing to think about this morning is you're a sheep. Notice what Peter says. All we like sheep have gone astray. Notice there. All of us have gone astray. We're all like sheep. One, one scholar said this, sheep are really not smart. They're weak and they're sickly creatures, and they can't protect themselves. He says this, dogs and cats can find their way home, but sheep can't. So for a sheep to wander or stray is the same thing as saying that, that a sheep has become and will remain lost. Think about that for a minute. Without God's intervention in your life, you will remain lost forever. Without God's intervention in your life, you'll remain lost forever. I remember being at a conference, and I was in a breakout session. It was a huge conference. 8,000 people were there. And the speaker, who's a really good, he's a, he's a really good pastor, they asked him, uh, one lady stood up, you could do Q&A, and she said, I have this friend, or I, maybe even was her sister, who's lost 
what can I do to get her saved? And he says, you can do nothing. Share the, share the Bible and pray. And she said, and she almost was taken back by that. He says, listen, ma'am, you can't raise the spiritually dead. You can't. You can't open the eyes of the spiritually blind. You can pray, you can witness, you can do all those things, but we're all like sheep going astray. And what, and what that means, the reason Peter used this term as sheep, and Jesus uses it too all the time, is that without a shepherd coming to get you, you're going to remain lost. You're going to remain lost. I'm, I'm thankful that when I was going astray, Jesus came to me. He gets all the praise and the honor and the glory for my salvation. I appreciate every church that prayed for me. Uh, I was honored to preach the funeral services for the man who led me to Jesus on a Tuesday night. But Jesus came and got me. I was a sheep going astray. He, this scholar goes on to say, Peter draws that kind of analogy as he describes our lives before conversion. He says, there are many animals that are mentioned in the Bible, but none with the frequency of sheep. Sheep are mentioned in at least 33 books of the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, we find numerous references and descriptions of sheep. Of all the creatures in the Bible, God uses sheep to describe you and me more than any other. You're a sheep. The Bible talks about different types of sheep, and the first one is so important because it can, it can apply to a person who's not saved, but it really applies to those that are saved. Notice, we can be, if we're not careful, gullible sheep, right? Have you not done some things and you thought, I was so gullible? I mean, how many of us bought a vac rainbow vacuum cleaner? Bad decision, wasn't it? You remember they came in and they had that brochure and they said, these dust mites are going to kill you in your sleep. And I said, I feel fine, you know. But there again, I bought that, I bought that rainbow vacuum cleaner, okay. How many of us, all right, you want to get healthy and you saw this advertisement that says, if you just put this powder in your coffee, you're going to lose 30 pounds in 20 days, right? Right? Men, how many of you have bought testosterone boosters at Walmart? You do realize none of those work. None of them, right? Uh, how many of you answered the phone call and they said, I want to give you a car warranty, and you said, hey, that sounds like a good idea. Let's just do that, right? We can be gullible, can we not, if we're not careful? Well, notice what, what Jesus says. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Jesus said, you can get over being gullible when you make bad financial decisions to a point. Don't be gullible with your spiritual lives. You know, sometimes I'll see people will promote like certain devotionals. And I'm like, don't read that. That is not biblical at all. You know, a devotional, and there's really good devotionals, right? But a devotional where they'll take one verse out of context and then give you their thoughts, okay? I'm thinking, you got the whole Bible. Devotions can aid in your Bible reading if it's in context, okay? A lot of people go to churches that are just like devotionals. Pastor gets up shares a verse or two out of context and then you have a whole room full of people and I'm thinking don't be so gullible I'm not saying they're doing something that's just like Jesus is talking about here but don't be gullible Jesus said as sheep if we're not careful if we're not close to the shepherd we can be very gullible he also says this notice the next one he says we can be weak sheep behold I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves so be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. And what Jesus is saying is, without my protection, you're just like a sheep because we're weak. And I think what Jesus is saying to us is, is show enough humility to ask God for help. And then Jesus said this. He says this about sheep. If you'll go to the next slide, brother. 
He said, these 12 Jesus sent out after instructing them, do not go in the way of the Gentiles, do not enter any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Lost sheep. And see, some of you in here today, you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, but you're going to, and he's coming to you. Notice what he said. He said, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. See, some of you, your next decision in life, spiritually speaking, is saying yes to Jesus and getting a shepherd because you're a lost sheep. We, 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 we can overcome being gullible. We can ask for uh, strength when we're weak. But if you're lost, there's only one thing you need, and that's Jesus. Because all we like sheep have gone astray, and that sheep will never find his way home without the shepherd. So when you pray for a lost loved one, okay, when I pray for somebody that's lost, what I try to pray is this. If I know them and I can be near them and visit them, when I pray, it's almost like God says, okay, what is your part in their salvation? Are you going to share Jesus with this person? What is your part? And then I pray for God's part, which is this. God, only you can do this. And I'm begging you to save them. I'm begging you to save them. And I'm still praying for some people, okay? Because they're astray, and I'm praying, and, I'm, and, and I try to do my part. I do. But I also understand that nobody's saved apart from the Holy Spirit. The second thing he talks about is that. He talks about salvation. Notice what the Bible says. Notice the verse. He says, he says but now you have returned. Think about that for a moment. Uh, Stephen Davey said this, this verb translated returned is a word that refers to someone's salvation or conversion. This does not mean the sheep were once walking with Christ and they, then they wandered away, but now they come back to him. He said that can happen too, by the way, but that isn't Peter's analogy here. Peter isn't describing the life of a disobedient believer. He's describing the, the life of an unbeliever. And he says, what's their life like? Like sheep who are continually straying, which is tantamount to saying they're continually wandering through life without purpose or meaning. And, and that word up there, that word up there, Peter himself used in Acts chapter 3 when he says, therefore, repent and return. That's the same verb. So that your sins may be wiped away. So when Peter preaches this to Jewish people, when he says repent, this is what he's meaning. He's not meaning that you ask God to forgive every sin you ever committed. Okay, who can remember all those? I mean, my list was long, right? You, you repent of the one sin of not trusting in Christ. And what he's telling Jewish people is this, when you repent, you're saying no to Judaism and yes to Jesus. That's repentance. And he put it this way, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. He says, you're gonna get a shepherd. So when Peter writes returned in verse 25, it's the same words he spoke in Acts 3 that Dr. Luke records. Repent. So if you ask me, how can I, how can I be saved? Well, you, place, you believe in Christ, but you repent of not believing in Christ. And you place your faith and trust in him. That's why Jesus would come and say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's not trying to, it's not trying to catalog every last sin you ever committed. Who can do that? I can't do that now. So you repent of not believing in Jesus. And then what God says, Peter says this, look, he says, therefore repent and look at the words, be converted. Be converted. Now look, this is a legal term, that your sins may be blotted out. Who does that? I don't do it. The Lord does it. In the courtroom of heaven, when you repent and place your faith and trust in Jesus, I shared this Friday, every term in the Bible about your salvation is legal. 
right? I use, I use this analogy. When you, when you have two Christians, okay, male and female, and they get married, this is what I tell them before they share their vows. The state of North Carolina is going to recognize your marriage after, I mail, after we mail these license in, okay? Legally, by the state of North Carolina, you're married. That don't mean nothing to God. Legally, you're married when you share your vows in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus said, what God has joined together, let nobody separate that, because it's binding in heaven, right? Legal terms. Your marriages are legal documents in heaven, if you will. When you get saved, the Bible says, and I share this word a lot, the most beautiful word in the Bible is you're justified. Justification. Which means legally, legally, it's just as if you've never sinned, past, present, or future. Which means this, now listen to me. I got saved on October 30th, 1990, about 7.30 p.m., about a mile, mile and a half from right here, okay? Legally, I'm saved forever because I place my faith and trust in Jesus. That can never change. It can't. In God's kingdom, it can't change. My behavior, okay, before I got saved can't save me. Just my faith in Christ. My behavior after I got saved can't unsave me. Isn't that a blessing? Let's thank the Lord for that. It's legal and binding. So, so I've heard people say, did you hear what old Joe did? Old Joe, how can he be a Christian and do that? I said, well, it, real easy. It's real easy to get in the flesh, is it not? Go to Walmart after church. It's real easy to get in the flesh, people. Okay? Listen, but that don't change your salvation. It don't. If you doubt your salvation, you, you need to ask yourself, what am I trusting in right now for my salvation? It's Jesus. I place all my faith in him. It's almost like I was in court that Tuesday night, and, and I was before God's bench, and I said, I'm a sinner, and I'm guilty, and I'm placing my faith in Jesus. He's my only hope. That's when I was saved. I believe he historically, historically lived, he died on the cross, and I, I believe with all my heart he rose from the dead, and he's my only hope for salvation. Court case is over. It's over. Nothing can change that. My life cannot change that. It's a legal document. Peter says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out legally for all times. Is that not a blessing? See, when we participate in the Lord's Supper next week, we'll talk about how, how bad Jesus was beaten. We should. Remember my blood, remember my body. But when I've taken, I'm like, thank you for justification. Because Jamie still can't keep himself saved. I'm 100% steel, all right? Steel, I'm a steel, okay? That means I got, I got temptations you don't got. I do, okay? I have feelings you don't have. And vice versa. And sometimes, if I'm not careful, I'll get in the flesh. I try not to. But sometimes I do. Because I'm a steal. And God doesn't change the fact that I'm a steal when I get saved. I'm still a stupid little sheep is what I am. And I'm so thankful, though, that my sins are blotted out for eternity. Because I got a shepherd. And I have a legal standing before God that I'm righteous because of Christ. And Christ alone. So let me ask you a question. Has there ever come a point in time in your life when you said to God, I'm guilty, I'm guilty, I did it, I'm guilty, but I'm placing all my faith and trust in him to save me? If not, you need to do that today. You don't got to be here. I wasn't in church when I got saved. You don't have to pay a, pray a special prayer. I don't even remember what I prayed. I just remember saying, Lord, I'm lost. I believe in you saved me. 
and he saved me. He saved me. See, go back to that verse, Michael, before. Peter says, but now you've returned, you've been converted to the shepherd. What a blessing. What a blessing that is. The final thing is this, we got a shepherd, we looked at sheep, we looked at salvation. Now think about this, the shepherd. He's our shepherd, and boy, do we ever need one. One scholar says there's a good reason the believer isn't referred to as a lion or a stallion, but a sheep. Even though we're converted by faith in Christ alone, we're still by nature just like sheep. Jesus said this, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a shepherd's term. That's a shepherd's term that he shared. And what do shepherds do? Look on the screen here. This is what the shepherd has promised to do to you through the Holy Spirit. He's promised to grow you. Listen to what Jesus says. But the advocate, Justin was just talking about this. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. How can Peter, who's a fisherman, who was not educated in rabbinical schools, write 1 Peter and 2 Peter? Unbelievable epistles. One of my favorite books in the Bible. I mean, how can he do that? You know how he can do that? Because the Holy Spirit's teaching him. Aren't you thankful for your Sunday school teachers? I mean, I love Steve Lackey. He, he's probably influenced my life spiritually more than anybody that I know of. Okay? And he's a good teacher, they say. The Holy Spirit's better. And you know what the Holy Spirit will do for him? He'll take the Bible and illuminate the Bible. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says this about what the Holy Spirit will do to grow you. He makes this statement. He says, this is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. E explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them. They can't. When I was lost, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand it. I, I just, I, and I was a decent student. I made the dean's list at CVCC, humble brag. But when I opened up the Bible, I just, I just didn't get it. I just didn't understand it. And then God saved me by his grace. And over time, the Holy Spirit started teaching me. Through preachers, through teachers, through other things. But it was the Holy Spirit's job, your shepherd's job, is that he will grow you. He's going to do it. It's going to happen. You say, well, I don't know as much as somebody. Well, you know more than a lot of people. He says, he says this, a lost person cannot understand spiritual things because they are discerned. They, those things are only discerned by the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Your, your, your shepherd will teach you. Notice the second thing, he will guide you. Romans eight fourteen says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. You're led, that's a moral, a moral term, which means this. When, when, when the big decisions in your life come, the moral decisions, God will lead you. Who should I marry? Okay? If you meet somebody that's a Christian, I believe God will give you confirmation. I just believe he will. I just believe he will. Hey, should I take this job? I believe God, I believe God in his grace will give you confirmation. Okay? When, and I've shared this with you before, but before I came to East Hillsville Baptist Church, I was a student pastor at a great church. God was blessing my life. Before that, I was working in furniture. I was a supervisor, and I loved my job. 
The day I surrendered to the ministry and surrendered to full-time ministry, I remember quitting my job thinking, what have I done? I know I've been called, but there's no financial security in ministry at all. You could stand up today and vote me out if you wanted to. You just can do it, right? But I felt led of God to quit that job, which I love very much, and the people, all right, to go into ministry. And then when I was at that place, I really felt led by God to come here. And I've showed this with you before, but Michael, you show that little sticky note? This is from August 5th, 2002, and I've kept it. I was in my office, debate, I was such a struggle on what to do. Now, I remember praying to the Lord, and I said this, I submit to you, I'll go where you send me, I trust you. That thing's 20 years old and still in my office. That's still my prayer today. And it wasn't long in October, I was, I was here as your associate pastor. I was in the Philippines working in a medical uh, basketball clinic. And when we landed in 2005, I was the interim pastor of this church. My first Sunday preaching was on Easter. 700 and some people were here. September of that year, y'all voted me in as your senior pastor. 400 and some yes votes, two no votes. They're probably Duke fans. They're probably gone, all right? It's okay, all right? But how did that happen? Listen, the greatest single thing that's happened in my life is salvation. Second is marrying my wife. And the third, I'm talking about decisions I make, is coming to this church. This church has blessed my life more than I could ever let them know. It's just been such a blessing for me, personally. I would not be the man I am or be where I am or see the things I've seen without this church, and I love you all. The Holy Spirit of God says this, that he will lead you. He's your shepherd. Then the final thing, if you'll go back, Michael, notice, he'll guard you. He's our protection. Jesus said, you can't get my sheep out of my hand. Can't do it. You cannot do it. You can't get my sheep. You can't snatch them. He says, no one can snatch them out of my hand. Does it, how does that make you feel to know that God's got you in his hand? He's got you. That's how personal he is. That's, that's how loved you are. I grew up in a single-parent home. The fact that I can call God Father is a big deal to me. The fact that I can say, God, you're my Father, is huge for me. Okay, And God is going to take care of us. If I die today, it's part of his plan, and I'm fine with it. If I live to be a... a ripe old age, okay? That's part of his plan, and I'm fine with it. But when I go to my grave, he's got me. And see, the final thing here, he says he's going to come and get you. Jesus shared the story of the rich man and the beggar. He said the rich man died and was buried. The beggar died and was carried into Abraham's bosom. He's going to come for you if you have a shepherd. Do you have a shepherd? Have you ever come to the place in your life where you bowed your heart before God and you said this, I'm guilty. How many people are just honest? You know, I, I've done a lot of counseling. I'll counsel anybody. I love you. But, you know, preachers get lied to a lot. <laughs> that's not between me and them. That's between them and the Lord. But, you know, my, the best prayers that I pray are this. God, I'm guilty. I'm sorry. I did it. I, I, I wasn't coerced to do it. I wasn't. Nobody made me do it. I didn't do it because I grew up the way I grew up. I did it because I did it. I'm a steal. Forgive me. That's how, that, that was my honest intent to not have got saved. I'm guilty of all of it, 
John Oswald said, and I shared this last week, are you right with God? <laughs> that, that, that one question ripped me apart as a 20-year-old cocky, arrogant old person. You think I'm bad now, you should have saw me then. I mean, think about it. And I said, no, look, no, I was honest for the first time. I think John knew I lied to him for 10 weeks, but I was honest that night. And in my heart, I said, God, I'm guilty. If you don't save Jamie Steele, he ain't gonna get saved. And what a journey it's been with my shepherd. I'm gonna follow him all the way to the grave or straight to heaven, amen. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me with your head bowed and your eyes closed. not gonna give a long invitation. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know Christ, you don't gotta come forward. You don't have to. Right there with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, will you say this, not out loud, God, I'm guilty. I'm guilty, I need Jesus. For the first time in my life, I'm gonna be honest with you, I need Jesus and I ask you to save me. That was my prayer. If you wanna talk to me about that today, tomorrow, next week, I'd love to talk to you. Christians, listen, allow him to lead you don't go astray. As a sheep, I can still go astray. Follow the Lord today. Trust your Father with whatever you're facing. Some of us, in the next year or two, we're going to go down some hard paths probably. But I'm so thankful I've got a shepherd with me. Do you have a shepherd? Fathers, I come to you in prayer. I love you. I praise you. And I thank you for saving me. Thank you for how far you've brought me. And I've been such a bad sheep sometimes. But you've been good. Father, there are people here today that need, they need direction. They love you. They serve you. And God, I pray that you would help them. Make it plain for them. Lord, just make it so plain. Just lead them. Guard them. Guide them. Take good care of them, Father. We're so thankful that we have you in our life. We're so thankful, Lord, that you're a good shepherd and you love us. Father, I'm so thankful I can come to you with anything, good or bad, and you love me. What a blessing it is. Father, help me to be more like you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. As Sharon leads us in the song, this altar's open if you need it. say this, I think Justin's going to come forward here in just a second, but um, if you're here and you're visiting, uh, I'll be your pastor. You can come to me, all right? Whether you're a member of this church or not, you can come to me, and I'll try to love you through whatever you're going through. And if you're here today and you made a decision for Jesus, you can, you can talk to me about that, okay? You can talk to Kevin or Justin, but we, we want to rejoice with you and help you in your journey, all right? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for how much he loves us. Now I'm gonna turn the service over to Justin.
just wanted to <clears throat> mention to you that we, we went to kids camp last week, and here at the end of the service, we wanted to show you a, a video, and you, you're welcome to leave. You don't have to stay and watch it, but uh, just so you know, your kids who are in kids worship are watching it at the same time. So if you want to hang out here and watch it, and then you can you can catch up with them after because they're watching the same thing you are. But uh, just want to reiterate real quick what Jamie says. Whatever we can do to serve you, it's a good place to call home. I've been here almost eight years now, seven years. It seems crazy, but I have. Um, it's a good place to call home. So if you're looking for a church home, we'd love to have you here. And um, But if you will, take a minute, watch these kids at camp. This is some of your tithing, what some of your money, what it goes to is to send these kids. So um, it's a ministry that you're part of if you're given. So uh, take a minute, watch some of the video, go eat some lunch with your family, and have a good afternoon.